Mini episode 1307 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello and welcome to FDH Lounge mini episode 1307. I'm FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris here with our weekly preview of Fargo Season 4. Here's our top five notes of interest heading into the season's penultimate episode. Number five, Satchel's apparent road to becoming Mike Milligan picks up in earnest. With Rabbi Milligan as his devoted guardian, it's long been apparent that this anthology is serving as the backstory for season two's suave, oddball hitman Mike Milligan. But now, with his big brother taken away in the freak tornado, he's stranded in the middle of rural Kansas with only a stray dog and his lessons to guide him. Our assumption all along has been that he returns to his family in the end, or perhaps the Fadas if they come out on top and decide to take him back, but now it seems that he might be off on his own, maybe for a long time, before returning to Kansas City. We as viewers are certainly going to be owed the payoff of how his story turns out and leads to him being in the KC mob in 1979. Number 4. In a war where every high-level player matters, the disappearance-slash-death of Constant will affect the Fata family. The storytelling was a bit confusing on why a cannon soldier would have tracked him to rural Kansas, especially if the cannons all thought that Satchel was already dead, but regardless, the device of the tornado hitting evoked memories of the blizzard shootout in Season 1 and was similarly compelling. Coming on the heels of both the attack from the Fargo soldiers and the next note that we have, the momentum is with the cannons. Number 3. Otis's defection is real. Side note, numbers 3 through 1 on our list all come from the brief coming attractions for episode 10, since episode 9 was predominantly focused on characters who won't factor into the end game of the season. No longer caught between crime families and Deffy since he murdered the marshal at the train station and has switched his loyalty to the cannons, Otis probably even looks super honest at work, since he will now have busted both crime families but his problems aren't over since both sides now have leverage on him and his own demons will keep him from thinking clearly at the coming moments when the necessity of it will matter most. Number two. Even with the momentum, Loy still feels under the gun. He and his wife are fearful of the ramifications of this all-out gang war where they have been the underdogs from day one. This should make him more receptive to one of the biggest wild card decisions of the season, speaking of which, number one, what is Ethelreda's plan? Clearly, she wants to get in the good graces of her parents' captors, but her revelation to Loy that she can help him win the gang war is a shocker, even for such a headstrong and brilliant young woman. Is her bank robber aunt in on this plan? Keep in mind that she is in the dark about being in Orianna's crosshairs, which should complicate matters to say nothing of the demented nurse's ties to the Fata family boss. There's a lot of balls in the air with two episodes left, but if the writers can resolve all of them, then this season will go down as one of the greatest anthologies of all time. With this crowded chessboard, it'll be quite a challenge, but don't bet against these writers. 
Thank you for tuning in to this mini episode of the FDH Lounge.